name is Audrey Pennington, and I'm the student director of this podcast, and today, I'll be your host. For this episode, we are thrilled to have Dr. Tatsushi Arai on as our guest. Dr. Arai is a professor of peacebuilding and conflict transformation at the School for International Training and a fellow at his alma mater, George Mason University's School for Conflict Analysis and Resolution, where he received the Distinguished Alumnus Award in 2015. He taught international relations at the National University of Rwanda in the aftermath of the 1994 genocide, and he currently is serving as a United Nations Senior Mediation Advisor. He has over 20 years of experience working extensively as a mediator, trainer, advisor, and peace researcher for nations all across the globe, and has done everything from facilitating interfaith dialogues and government civil society exchanges in Sri Lanka to establishing a sustainable platform of reintegration support for rehabilitated former Boko Haram members in Nigeria. Dr. Arai, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So before we get into your extensive career, I want to go back to the beginning. You're originally from Japan and attended Waseda University in Tokyo before moving to the United States to continue your education. At what point did you realize you wanted to go into international studies? Well, when uh, I was in Japan, I had an opportunity to visit Hiroshima to meet with victims of radiation treatment. And that experience was really an eye-opening experience. I recall, as you mentioned in your introduction, I lived in Rwanda after the genocide. My uh, encounter with these people in Rwanda after the genocide became a true turning point in terms of me seeking a professional path in peace building. So seeing all these things just sort of made you feel like you wanted to help and be a leader in kind of that field where you can maybe make a change? It is not so much all the help that I wanted to give, which is the realization that in terms of life and death or peace, there's not so much of help. We are all one. In other words, there is no distinction in terms of race, ethnicity, or nationality that defines who we are as human beings. That's what Hiroshima and Rwanda taught me. So to me, it is not so much of helping others with others. It is about a member of human society doing his or her own job. So what did you study in school? Is there anything that, you know, you're studying in school that you decided, I mean, how did you come across these opportunities to go and visit uh, Rwanda and Hiroshima? as a professor at the National University of Rwanda. What was that like? Well, I, I held a faculty position for one year and a half, 1997 to 1998, which spent some time. And now, I think in terms of the media coverage, I'm making a publication in one telling about uh, what it was like to be in Rwanda at that point. Rwanda, the 
So would you say that at that time you were kind of in a position of leadership? I mean, did you have to take on, you know, it sounds like a leadership role. What what are some lessons you learned or something that you took away from that experience that maybe helps you later on in your career? switch gears a little bit. So after that, obviously, you went and worked a lot with NGOs as well as the UN. Uh, so your role is basically as a peacemaker. Can you talk a little bit about what you do? Thank you. 
peacemaker, and like you said, you've worked all over the world. You obviously, it's your job to work with all kinds of leaders, both effective and ineffective. So my question is, is there a major pattern or difference you've noticed between those leaders that are able to go through those conflict dialogues and reach a solution peacefully versus maybe more ineffective leaders that those peace talks don't always work? Is there there certain leadership traits or anything that you've noticed? Absolutely. So, switching gears again a little bit, you recently visited Seton Hall, where uh, you are a fellow of the Diplomacy School, and you spoke to some of the diplomacy students, and you discussed the differences between jobs, careers, and vocation. Can you go into that a little bit? Thank you. 
so students graduating fresh out of college, they are interested in doing basically what you do. And you've also emphasized the importance of experience. What's, for example, if they don't have a vocation in mind, what's a way they can just get that experience and then maybe figure out what it is they want to do along the way? What, what kind of jobs should they be looking for? some of the new challenges the world has been and will continue to face, such as conflict due to climate change and limited resources, relocation of people in different nations, as well as globalization to these challenges we're facing in the 21st century. And you emphasize that the solution to this conflict lies in dialogue and understanding different perspectives, as well as relationship building. So what can young leaders do to develop these skills early on so that they're better able to address these new problems? Thank you. 
you gave to a senior all students was never trivialize any relationship and I really like that and I really think that's an important piece of advice. So besides your own publications, are there any books you would recommend to our undergraduate leaders in the field of diplomacy or any podcasts, anything that they need to read or listen to that would help them in starting out? Yeah. 
absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Dr. R.I., and uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely.